This is No Love Live with Pastor Tim Warholic. Tim is the senior pastor of Paradise Calvary Chapel in Las Vegas, Nevada. How are you guys doing? Blessed? Amen. All right. So I've got a few announcements for you. We have, a, we have some special guests with us today. We have Ben and Emily Spector from Zagreb, Croatia, our missionary church planners that we support. Ben's going to be sharing a word with us this morning, which I would say that I'm super excited about, but I already heard it. So... I'm going to go out for breakfast. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to stay here because maybe, you know, the Holy Spirit will give us something fresh. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce you to Ben, and i like Emily to come up here too in a minute when, when I do. But first, I'm going to go through these announcements. Um, we have some reoccurring events that we highlight on our calendar. Uh, every couple weeks, we, we rotate things. We have a lot of ministries. We have a lot of things going on. We have stuff almost every night of the week with our church, with our fellowship right now. So we, we don't want to take too much time talking about it every week, but we want to highlight certain things this week. Uh, first of all, this is what the back of our connection card looks like. They're back at the information station uh, in the front when you walked in, you can see Ronnie has those. Uh, if you're new with us, you can fill that out. We can be in touch with you, reach out to you, see how you're doing. There's also a spot at the bottom right-hand corner for prayer requests. We would like to be praying for you. We have a prayer team that gathers every Sunday before the first service and prays over those cards. We also have a prayer chain that we put those prayer requests out on. So if you need prayer, I want to encourage you to fill that out. And to, to you know what, even if you fill it out, just grab somebody next to you in church. That's what, you know, we're here for, supporting each other. Grab somebody and get some prayer. Uh, get lifted up to the Lord, whatever you're dealing with. And then the ministry that we're going to highlight uh, this week right now is, is our rides ministry. I don't know if very many people realize this, but we have a faithful brother who every Sunday, and I don't know I can't remember the last Sunday that he didn't have somebody to go pick up, but we have a faithful brother that goes out and picks people up for church before the church service. So if you are in need of a ride, we have a rides ministry to help you get to church. If you want to be a part of that ministry and you say, hey, I got a little bit of time, I got a little bit of gas, even though it's $50,000 a gallon right now, um, talk to us. Your sacrifice is unto the Lord. And we'll, we'll get you somehow plugged into that ministry so that you can volunteer and help out. You can talk to Ronnie at the information station. You can talk to me. And if you know somebody who needs a ride, let them know. Let us know. We can, we can make sure that they get to church to have fellowship. Not having a ride is not an excuse to get together and, and be edified in the body of Christ. Coming up, we have a potluck today. Yeah. You guys ready for potluck? It's a barbecue theme. We've got a grill out back. Charles is sweating as we speak, cooking some dogs and some burgers. Um, we want you to stay afterwards and hang out with us for that potluck time. It's a great time of fellowship. And then lastly, 
We have a few spots left on the Israel trip. This is the last time I'm going to announce it because we have had some interest from people. But this is what I said to the second, uh, the first service, and I'd like to say it to you guys also. I, I really believe that there's, there's at least one more person that needs to go on this trip. And we have a few spots, but I, for some reason, I think that there's one person that's kind of hesitating that needs that extra little push. And I just want to throw that out there. Be praying about it. See what the Lord has for you. It's going to be an amazing trip. Uh, the dates are October 22nd through November 3rd. And you can speak to me afterwards if you're interested, and I can fill you in on the details, okay? So let's have Ben and Emily come up, introduce you to them, old bald head. Bald head, bald head. It's a Bible reference, so it's okay. He used to have hair. So this is Ben and Emily. Grace and I have known them for, for many years now. Emily was at the Bible College in Hungary. She was doing this program they had there called the Missions Training Program. The idea was you're interested in being a missionary or doing missions. You can go over and do this missions training program where they do do like intensive training, right? It's like a one-semester course. Intensive training and then opportunity to go out. But one of the requirements is they have to do this 30-day outreach or this 30-day stay at one of the places. You can go anywhere in Eastern or Western Europe or in the world for that matter. There were people that went to India, I think, and stuff like that. So, But um, Emily, the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, really, I can't tell you the whole story because of time, but the Lord led Emily to come down to split, and that's how we were introduced to Emily and Ben later. And she was going to do her 30 days with us, and as she was nearing the end of that time, you know, the Lord had really moved in her heart. And she said, there's really a need here. I feel like I'm supposed to be here. I'm just going to stay. I'm not going back to the Bible college. I'm not finishing the program. So she called them and told them. She called her family and told them, right? Yeah. Okay. And and she, she called Ben. She's like, hey, bud, you're cute, but Split's cuter. <laughs> <laughs> and she stayed. So um, her boyfriend at the time, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say something else, but it's not appropriate. Um, came down soon afterwards to, to hang out with us. I got to know Ben, and, and they, they got engaged. They went back to the States soon after and got married. And then a short time after that, they moved back to Split, Croatia. Uh, Ben's from Philadelphia. Uh, go Eagles. And uh, Emily's from Washington State. Um, so they came and served with us. Ben served. They, well, they both were, uh, served in the worship capacity. Ben is uh, as a worship as our worship leader, and they were with us until the Lord transitioned us out of Croatia back to Las Vegas, and then they moved up to the only other Calvary Chapel in Croatia, up in the far north, and served there for for a few years, and then. They just moved to Zagreb a, a few years ago, and they started the church. The, the church plant started this January, and it's been going very well. It's very blessed. So Ben's going to give you a little update on that. We have communicated to you guys about Croatia because it's heavy on our heart. We're a very missions-minded, missions-oriented church. So you've heard about them before. You've seen video updates. You've seen the other things that we have going on. We just got back from a trip. We just saw them last month. We had some incredible Croatian food while we were there. And um, so Ben's going to share a little bit about what's going on in the ministry there. And then he's going to open the word and, and give us the word this morning as well. All right. So let's pray for them and then we'll get to it. 
Father God, we thank you so much for Ben and Emily, Lord. We thank you for the calling that you've placed on their lives and and for your faithfulness, God, to complete that which you have called because your word says that your gifts and your calling are irrevocable. And, and those giftings and callings we know are at work in their lives and they're at work in the season that they're in right now. So we pray that you'd bless them. We pray that you'd bless Ben and the word that he has to share with us this morning. Lord, sow them in our hearts. Sow them into our hearts so that, so that when we see their picture on our fridge or when we're reminded of them or little Lily, Lord, that we would, we would, we would commit to interceding on their behalf. We would, we would seek your face for, for them and for the people of Croatia, that they would know you, that they, the whole world, all of the peoples would praise you. Not just us here in Las Vegas, but across the United States, even Croatia and, and the rest of the world as your gospel goes forth and, and redeems mankind to yourself. We love you and we thank you for them and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys. Good morning. Morning. Uh, so I, I do have a little slideshow presentation. Uh, I know that Tim has informed you guys a lot on Croatia, so I'm, I'm not going to get too into things. Uh, but for those of you who are a little bit lacking information regarding it, I'll share some stuff. Um, we got into, I've never been to Las Vegas before. Um, it's really hot. Tim let me know right away that everybody jokes when they come here that it's dry heat, but then he says, you should try living here. It's not that fun because of the heat in the summer. Um, but I have this, I, I just, it's funny because I, I said at first service and I told Tim yesterday, it's like at the end of the day, I, I felt like I had been hiding all day. I Meaning like I got into the airport and it's like, run to Tim's car and then the car is all tinted and then drive in Tim's car home and run into his house and air conditioning and then run out of there. And it's just, I'm just hiding all the time. And then it was, the big joke was try to find somebody walking on the street. There's no one walking on the street <laughs> except for one guy in sweatpants and a sweatshirt. And I was like, ah, doesn't really, yeah, it, it was true story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Pray for him. Um, so uh, let's get into the slideshow. I'll just give you guys. So this is a map, self-explanatory, so you know where Croatia is. Boom. I did little animations to make things more interesting. Go to the next slide. Okay. So Croatia uh, population, a little over 4 million. Um, and if you're familiar with uh, websites or organizations called Joshua Project or Operation World, they give you prayer points on how to pray for different People groups around the world, different countries, they have stats on um, the how many Christians there are, how many, how, what religion is predominant in that country. So the way that Joshua Project or, uh, organizes Croatia in this regard is they say that it's 92.6% Christian. Again, all these figures are relative. They're not exact. Um, but when you dive into that, it's 91.5% Roman Catholic and 0.3% Protestant Christian or Evangelical Christian, um, which is what we are. Uh, and this is not to say, um, I do believe that there are people within the Roman Catholic Church who do know Jesus Christ, um, but that to say, uh, if we're going to define true Christianity as people who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, um, this is not what we see happening within the Roman Catholic Church in Croatia. Um, so 
all that said, there are less than this is like a cool little pie chart. Boom, boom, little sliver. Okay, so you uh, there are less than all that to say there are less than ten thousand believers in the entire country. Um, so and in the city of Zagreb, which has a million, a little over a million people, that's about a fourth of the entire country in one area. Um, there are maybe, and I'm being generous, maybe a thousand believers. So the and so I'll just explain. This is um, what Roman Catholicism looks like in the country. I'll explain this picture. Um, this is in in Zagreb. There's a huge cathedral. It's the main cathedral in the whole country, and this is where all the main things happen with the Roman Catholic Church for Croatia. And as you're walking through, you see a lot of um, statues of Mary holding little baby Jesus. And as you get to the end of the cathedral, there's this massive painting. This picture doesn't do it justice. And so if you see at the bottom of the picture, those are people on earth raising up their hands, praying, worshiping, um, reaching towards heaven. And then you have Mary as the mediator. Um, and the Roman Catholic Church claims that she is, they call her the co-redemptrix. Um, without her, salvation cannot be, um, is not possible. Um, so she here is pictured as the mediator who they're praying to and worshiping. And then if you see up top, she's mediating for, you see an old guy, it's God the Father. Uh, you see a young guy carrying a cross, Jesus. And then you can't see it in the picture. I uh, should have taken a better picture, but there's a dove up, up there too, representing the Holy Spirit. Um, and so this is, you can go to the next slide, Grant. This is on All Saints Day. I don't know how many of you know about All Saints Day. It's the day before Halloween. It's where uh, a lot of people go to pray for their loved ones that have passed. And what they do um, is they, a lot of them believe that they have gone to purgatory, um, which we do not find in the scriptures. Uh, And they light candles. And there's a lot of different explanations behind these candles. One of them that I've heard, though, is that um, people light them. And the more that you light, the more light people will have to find their way out of purgatory to heaven. Okay. Um, and it's sad because they, they have the Bible written in their language, right? We're not working with an unreached people group, um, but they don't know the truth of what the gospel really is, which is salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone, not by your works, not by going to church, not by being a good person. Um, and so, uh, and because this is Zagreb, just a map. I'll get into that in a second. But just to say, um, we are thankful for your prayers because the the, the country itself is not um, the soil's hard. I'll put it that way. It it is hostile towards the seeds of the gospel that we're spreading. Um, so people do not uh, their their whole national identity is caught up in being Roman Catholic. Um, so I can even explain the truth to somebody and open up God's word, and they might accept that, but they will still not give themselves to Jesus Christ because their tradition and their heritage is more important to them and they don't want to be outcast in their society. Um, so that, that is the, the context that we serve in. This is Zagreb. It's in the northwest part of Croatia. Splits all the way down there. You can't see it. This is Zagreb. Very beautiful city. There's that cathedral I was talking about. This is the main square. Go to the next picture. There's a guy and a bunch of people. Next picture. Uh, this is our church space. So we're pretty close to that center, maybe about a 20-minute walk. This is the entrance into our church space. Um, This is Emily. 
my beautiful wife and uh, in the center. And then uh, to the left is Ruja and to the right is Diana. They are um, two ladies that have come to the Lord since we've uh, been church planting in Zagreb. Go to the next slide. This is uh, in our church space, having coffee before church. And our church is, um, just, so, just so that you know, it, our church is about 10 people in size. I mean, that might sound like 10 people. Like, that's like my family. <laughs> um, but it's the, the thing that you need to understand for creation context, this is, this is a big thing that's happening um, within the past three years that we've been in Zagreb and officially functioning out of the space for about a year and a half now. Um, because the, the context is so hostile towards the gospel, to see a majority of these people in this picture are new believers that we've seen come to know the Lord since we've got there. And so it's cool to see God growing them as we teach God's word, them changing, and then their desire to go out and preach the gospel to other people. You can go to the next slide. There's just some guys getting baptized in a dirty lake in Zagreb. <laughs> uh, and then each week and on a monthly basis, we run English classes. This is actually in our church space. Um, it's versatile, so we can make it look like a cafe. Coffee is a big thing there, um, and they like their coffee, and they like hanging out over coffee. So we have coffee, and, and we do free English classes at our church space as a way to reach out to the community, let them know that we have goodwill towards them, um, but also as a way to connect with people and to give the gospel to them. Um, and so, you know, when Tim and Grace were there with some of the leadership of the church recently, we had an English thing. It's a great way we've seen to get people in. You can remember that in your prayers. And then you can go to the next slide. This is also in our church space. Um, so these are all high school students with their teacher. In the Roman Catholic Church, uh, they act in high schools, I'm sorry, in Croatia, they have Roman Catholicism religion class is one of their topics. And this is uh, one of the things that they were going over was the religious history of Europe. So they came to the topic of the Reformation. This past October, it was 500 years of Reformation. For those of you who that does not interest, don't worry about it. But um, it was a very important point for Christianity. And he ended up, through a long, long story short, he ended up contacting me called me and said, hey, we're going over the Reformation. I'd like to bring my whole class to your church. And I just thought, you know, he wanted to see our church space and meet me and all this stuff. He's like, no, no, no. Like, I want you to explain what you believe, why you believe it, have a whole presentation. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so, they, so they brought him all over two days later, and I had a whole PowerPoint with Bible verses. And basically, he shut up with 20 of his students and I was able to present the full gospel to them in our, like they came to us and they're like, so tell us what you believe. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't get much easier than that. Um, he stayed for two, the teacher stayed for two hours afterward. We were able to converse and talk and we can, we have an ongoing relationship. So, um, and at the end, I just have some prayer points. I think that's the last slide. Yeah. Just some things to be praying for. I won't go over all of it, but, um, you know, Tim has said that he's, we put out monthly video updates. We have a sign-up sheet over here after the service if you want to sign up just so you can know how to be praying. Um, Tim has said that you guys have played some of the videos here in church. And so I believe that most of you know kind of the things that are going on. That's why I did this presentation kind of fast. Don't want to repeat a lot of the same stuff. But we, I think Emily and I just were really blessed to be here to meet you face-to-face. Um, we thank you for your prayers. Your church does support us financially every month. We thank you for that. Um, 
It's good to see Tim and Grace. We love those guys. You guys got a good pastor. He's a little goofy sometimes, but that's not a bad thing. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we thank you. Um, we, we do feel your prayers, and the believers in Zagreb need your prayers. Um, and just be praying for more people to get saved. And you can pray for Emily and I and our little our little 16th month old daughter Lily. Just as we're here in the states, that God would refresh us and charge us up for our next run in Croatia. So um, why don't we open our Bibles to Psalm 67. Sometimes in life, our, what we do becomes routine, right? So how many of you brushed your teeth this morning? Don't raise your hand. How many of you didn't brush your teeth? <laughs> um, so why do we brush our teeth, right? We brush our teeth because we want clean teeth and we don't want to have to go to the dentist. We don't want cavities. We don't want pain, right? So there's a, it's just a routine thing. You do, I doubt many of us are asking ourselves every single time that we brush our teeth, why am I brushing my teeth? We're not like, phys- we're not like mentally thinking through this. So... Um, and I think it can become the same way regarding our Christian walk, right? We, we, why, why should I read my Bible? Why should I pray? Why should I come to church? Why did Ben and Emily move halfway across the world into a little country of Croatia to share Jesus with people? Why? Why should you be sharing Jesus with people? Right? I mean, those are, and sometimes, you know, like, I don't know, when, when I, when I like wasn't a missionary and I came inside a church, I'd be like, yeah, well, they're just doing their thing, you know? It's like we, we forget what the Bible actually says and why we do these things. So I hope today that as we read this psalm, we're going to be defining that why a little bit. The Bible and God himself will be defining that for us. So um, the psalms are songs, they're prayers to God. Uh, as many of you know, you know, so a lot of times what we see in the psalms is that it's, it's an expression of, of the heart of man to God. Right? And this is why they're so relatable. You can open up pretty much any psalm. You're going through a hard time and you read how David's just like, God, you are my rock, my fortress. I need you. Save me. Or sometimes the psalms are just straight up real. Like they, like he's just like, break the teeth of my enemies. And you're like, I, I can understand that sometimes, you know, like, like it's, it's just real. It's because it's, it's just, it's the expression of a man's heart to God. And, but the cool thing is, is that it's not just like, oh, that's nice to read. There's like, there's really good theology in these Psalms. We can learn good things. Um, so my hope today is that we learn about how our relationship with God is at its core connected to God's desire to save all people. And that we have a very vital role to play in that. So we're going to see three things amongst everything else. Um, but three main things that we're going to see is one that we're blessed Two, to be a blessing. And three, uh, the way I wrote this is that we should be, that should be a basic yearning of our redeemed heart. And I'll explain all that. So let's dive in. I'm going to read the whole psalm so that we get it in our heads. And then we're going to go and exegete this psalm. So it says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Selah that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. 
Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Amen. So the psalmist, he is an Israelite. He's a Jew. He starts off asking a few things. He starts off praying. And notice he's not praying this just for himself. He says, Let, may God be gracious to us. Now, whose is us? He's talking about the nation of Israel, right? Talking about my people. So he's included in this, okay? So he, the first thing we see, we see three things. He says, one, may God be gracious to us. And the idea is that, is when, when somebody is gracious to someone, it's, it's when someone, and in this context, it's when someone of a higher status is benevolent to someone of a lower status. So it's, it's when a king stretches out his hand to a dirty pauper and says, eat at my table. That's the picture. Okay. Grace. You did not deserve this. You did not earn this. You come in. I am benevolent to you out of my free will. That's grace. Okay. Unmerited favor. So the, so the psalmist is saying, God, would you be gracious to, to us, to me, to my nation? Would you bless us? Right? That's the second thing. Blessing and, you know, for the nation of Israel, and this is what we see in the Old Testament, when they were blessed, it meant they, it's speaking of, of them having prosperity, success, winning wars and battles, um, fertility, right? Be, the nation growing in size. Uh, it meant long life. It meant that God was providing for the nation. So he's saying, God, would you be gracious to God, king of the universe, would you stretch out your hand to us? paupers. Would you be gracious to us? Would you bless us? Would you provide for us? Would you be with us? Give us what we need. Give us life and fertility, joy and happiness. And make his face to shine upon us. That's the third thing. And we ask ourselves, what is this talking about? If I'm like, Pastor Tim, would you make your face shine upon me? What is, what is this talking about? It sounds really poetic, right? Um, the, someone's face identifies the person and reflects their attitudes or feelings. So the psalmist, what he's asking for, God's face shining upon them is, God, would you look at us, look at me, look at your people with favor and blessing. The picture that I shared at the first service is like when a man sees his bride on their wedding day. He's looking at her with favor. He's not like, I mean, you wouldn't want him to be like, I don't know. right? I mean, most times if a guy is like marrying this girl, he's just like, just his face is shining on her. He's just like, I, like, you are beautiful. You are precious. I look at you with a smile. So it's so he's he's saying God don't look at us and be and be disgusted with us. Look at us with like a smile on your face. All I think is just when I see you it just makes me happy. Goodwill towards us. That's a good prayer. God would you be gracious to us? Would you bend down to us and help, and would you bless us? Give us what we need. 
would you just be happy with us? Sing over us a joy. Okay, so that's, that's his prayer, right? And this is what we saw a lot of times, except for when the nation of Israel was being bad and rebelling against God. We saw that this is, this is what life looked like. God formed the nation of Israel out of nothing to show the other nations of the world what it looks like when you follow the true and living God. So all the other pagan nations that surrounded Israel, who had false, cruel gods, um, they did not live in joy and happiness and blessing and life and prosperity with their God's face shining on them. But Israel did. God led them through the wilderness. He saved them from the Egyptians, parted the Red Sea, fire by day, cloud by night, cloud by day, fire by night. Right? Just he's with them. He's blessing them. And, and it's, it's a foreshadowing of what we who have believed in Jesus Christ have in Jesus. Right? Romans 8.1. There's therefore now no, condemna- no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. Zero. So this prayer of the psalmist, it is a given to, to us in Christ. When we pray this, may God, God, would you be gracious to me, to us who believe in you? Would you bless us? Would you make your face shine upon us? It's a given. It is automatic if you believe in Jesus Christ because of God's grace. So the picture for us is the king of the universe has bowed down to bless us, us dirty, unworthy, rebellious, hostile, unfriendly paupers who spit in his face and says, you don't deserve this, but I want you to come eat at my table. I want you to come sit with me in my kingdom and eat with me. He gives us new life in Christ. He provides for our needs. He says, God cares for the, for the birds and the grass and the flowers, how much more of value are you? Will he not provide for what you need? He is preparing an eternal dwelling place for us. When he looks at us, there's a smile on his face. That's all because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. So what we need to understand is that this is the true state of blessedness. If, if you look later at the psalm, at the last verse, what he's, what, part of what he's praising God for, and we don't understand this today because we have grocery stores, right? But the, back then, like, they actually had to like, till the ground and sow seeds and wait for the fruit to come and so that they have food. Um, and he says in verse 6, the earth has yielded its increase. This is part of the reason he's blessing God. God has blessed us. It's like an actual physical blessing right in front of me. I get to eat an apple and fry up some corn or whatever. And... And he says, God, and then he says this word, our God shall bless us. And we see in this verse that the blessing of God is directly connected to him being your God. He is our God, and therefore we are blessed. Okay? So this is my first time in Vegas. That's what I said earlier. Uh, It's not just hot, but yesterday we were down on the strip because you have to see it when you come. And Tim took us out to some good food. Thank you, buddy. It's good. I felt full. Um, but it was just like, it was weird. Just being honest. It was just like just marble everywhere. Just money. And people, Tim Tim told me like the, they say 4 million people come in to Vegas every month 
from all around the world. And I just thought to myself, why, why are they coming here? Like what's so, like who would come to 115 degrees in the desert? <laughs> Thank you. Because they're looking for blessing, right? I mean, what? looking for blessing, looking for happiness, looking for riches. And this psalmist says, God, would you, would you bless us? That's, it's ludicrous to think that anything else is better or more blessed than this. Having him as your God, that is blessedness. And we could sit here all day, right? We could sit here for weeks talking about all the blessings that we have in Jesus. But the psalmist doesn't sit there, right? He says, God, would you, would you bless us? Okay, so this is our state in Christ. We are blessed. We have Jesus' blood covering us. We are going to heaven. No condemnation. God looks at you with a smile. I will provide for you. I will lead you. I am your shepherd. You are my bride. Okay, blessed. That's how I'm summarizing verse one. Blessed. All right, verse two. That is that, so that, right? your Bible should say something to that effect, right? Bless us so that, okay, so he's saying the reason I, I want you, I, I want your blessing for me and for my people, for my nation. Why? Why? So that we can be happy. No. So that I can just enjoy life. He doesn't say that so that, or that, your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. This is interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of times we pray, God, bless me, help me, do this for me. I need your help. We have real problems. I'm not denying that, right? We have real needs. And the psalmist does say, God, bless us. So like there is a blessing reserved for the people of God. Correct or incorrect? Correct. We are in Christ, we are blessed. But there's a greater purpose for that blessing than just us being blessed and just enjoying it and just holding it to ourselves, right? He says, I pray, God, that you would bless us so that other people would come to know you, so that the, the other Gentile, pagan, godless nations, people who don't believe in you would come to know you, that they would come to praise you, right? If you are praising God, that means he is your God, correct? I mean, like, I wouldn't call Jesus my God and not praise him, not bow down to him and proclaim him as king. So what he's asking for is, God, the, the principle is that the nation of Israel was supposed to be a light to the other nations, a witness. To the, there's also, if you read the Old Testament law, there's all sorts of laws in there about the sojourner, the foreigner. Treat them well. Welcome them in. They can become a part of this blessing. For God to bless the nation of Israel is not just for their benefit exclusively. 
but it plays a larger goal. They are blessed to be a blessing to other nations. They are blessed to be a light to other nations and peoples who do not know the true and the living God and that they might come to salvation, to saving faith in him. And notice, if you look down at verse 3, it says, let all the people or the peoples. It's not really great English, right? Peoples. But is this plural, right? It is. This is not just thinking about Las Vegas and your immediate co-workers and your immediate family and America. This is global. This is global. This is a, a global seeking for, like he's saying, God, would you bless us so that the rest of the world might come to saving faith in you? So that we can bless everyone. He is concerned about the whole world, all peoples from all nations, even the nations that are their enemies. Imagine that. We should try applying this to the refugee migrant thing in America right now. I don't, I'm not even really following it because I don't live here, but is it possible? I don't, sorry, I probably shouldn't open a political mess, but is it possible that God could be sending people from nations that we can't get to on our back door? Are there greater things than our American comfort? Are we blessed just to be blessed? The idea that we are blessed, the people of God are blessed by God to be a blessing to others is not isolated just to this text. I want to show you that this is, you see this throughout scripture. You see this in Jesus too. Um, this is this this idea that the people of God are blessed of God to be a blessing to other people is fundamental to our Christian faith. It is it is baseline. Well, let's look at this. Just so you don't think like uh, this is just Psalm sixty-seven. Ben just pulling this out of thin air because he's a missionary and he thinks that this is cool. That is not what is happening. Let's go to um, Genesis twelve. One to three. So man fell away from God. God created him. He fell away, stabbed God in the back, said, I think I know a little bit better than you. I'm doing my own thing. God says, well, you deserve death for that. But I'm going to send a savior to save you from death. He's going to die in your place. But first, God's like, I'm going to make the nation of Israel. And he starts this with a guy named Abram or Abraham, right? So it says, now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will, bl- I will make of you a great nation. Listen to the blessing language. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. So that, so that what? So that you can just enjoy your great name? Live it up? No. So that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Abraham, you are a channel through which I will send my blessing to all people of the entire earth. And how did God do that? Through Abraham's line came the Messiah, Jesus Christ, through which all people can be saved and they are blessed. Okay, let's go to Mark 1, 17. Jesus comes on the scene in Mark's gospel, proclaims the kingdom of God has come. 
people need to repent and turn to him. And he sees some fishermen, comes up to them, and he says, 117, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. So when we think about what we share with people, right? It's like, come follow Jesus. How, you know, I think it's good that we ask ourselves, when you first started following Jesus, if you know, I don't, I don't know a lot of you. So if you don't know Jesus today, we will talk a little bit later about the joys of knowing God. But if you do know Jesus, when you first came to faith in him, what was the, the thing that defined that, right? Like, what, you're like, all right, what does this mean for me now? And Jesus, when he defined this for the disciples, like if you go, for example, if you go get a new job, what's, the, what's one of the first things they do? They give you a job description. So you know what you are going to do at your job, what it entails, you know what to expect. And Jesus is basically doing this with these guys. Not that it's a job, but he's saying, you come follow me. What's the first part of that? You're going to be with me. I'm going to bless you. You're going to be with the son of God in a blessed state. And that's it. No, that's not it. What does he say? Follow me, be with me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Follow me and then go be with other people. From day one, they understood if I follow Jesus Christ, that means I'm going to go fish for men. I'm going to share that with other people. 1 Peter 2.9 Peter uses a lot of Old Testament language. He's speaking to believers. He says, you are a chosen race. Listen again, blessing language. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. You are the apple of God's eye. So that you can just be the apple of his eye. No. What does he say? So that, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness in his marvelous light. We just sang about that. You are this. You are God's possession, his nation, his race, his people for a purpose to go proclaim his excellencies. And that means that we know those excellencies, meaning we get to enjoy those excellencies. But they're not just for our enjoyment. We are not to be selfish it's not one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? So God, here, here's the principle for us. God has saved us, called us to himself, provided for us, given us new life in Jesus Christ, not just exclusively for our own benefit, but for the purpose of being a light to others. Channels through which God can flow and the blessing found in Jesus Christ can come to other people. In other words, and this might sound harsh, but I have to say it, if your walk with God today focuses largely or exclusively on self, meaning you wake up each day and the first thought in your mind and the defining thing for your day is me, 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 my life, my job, my worries, my problems, my stuff, my, me, 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 myself, and I. If that's the main focus of my life or your life, then that means that we fundamentally and practically misunderstand what it means to follow Jesus Christ. I 
some of us might need to hear that today. That we fundamentally, I'm not saying you're not saved. Sometimes we just need the Bible to smack us across the head a little bit. God does that in a loving way. He doesn't smack us in a loving way, but he, he shows us, look, you got some stuff to work out, some priorities to change. And then there comes the argument, well, some are given the gift of evangelism. I don't have that gift. And here, here's the thing. We need to understand there, there is a gift of evangelism, right? There are people who are just like, just like every day, they're just like, boom, 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 boom. And they're just evangelizing. And that's, and that's a good thing. And certain people have that. But what we see is that collectively as God's people, we are to be a light to people around us. That is fundamental to our walk with Jesus Christ. It should be anyway. And we're not just to share it with other people. We're to actually care about that on a global level, right? It's for all peoples. So this is not to say that we do not enjoy God's blessings. We do massively. He's saying, bless us, bless us. But there's a greater purpose for that, right? We are blessed to bless. Okay. Um, and so let's, let's continue. Let's go to verse four. He said, he continues with his prayer. Let the nations be glad. You can just imagine this Israelite just like shouting this, singing this. This is the longing of his heart, right? Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. In his mind, the thing that will bring joy and dancing and singing and happiness and freedom to all peoples is that they would know God which is something that this is massively lacking in our world today. Happiness and joy, dancing, gladness, right? Like Christianity is not this dry thing where it's like, I go to church, I eat some barbecue, and then I do my life and I die. It massively affects your emotions and your heart. It should. It changes your life. If it is the truth, then it should. Like some people are like, religion is the opium for the people. It's just something that you believe in because you can't deal with life. And it's like, no, Christianity teaches you how to deal with life. It gives you real joy. If it's the truth, it should. We should look stupidly joyful to people. Because <laughs> life is not easy, but we know the true and the living God. And in the psalmist's mind, he says, God, you can make the nation, you can make all people glad and happy. Why? And here, there's a key word, for. So he's saying, the reason that nations can be glad, there are two reasons. You judge the peoples with equity. And a judge in those days, they looked at as a savior. Why? Because a true judge, he defends the weak and the oppressed. He stands up for those who are facing injustice, He's saving them. He's executing justice and righteousness. And like, that's something that we long for, right? Justice, Batman, right? Like justice needs to be executed. Things need to happen. We need a savior. 
and we hate injustice until it's our own injustice, and then we like to defend it, right? But that's besides the point. The point is, is that God is a God who is righteous and he judges fairly. That is a reason to rejoice. He is a savior. What's the next thing? You judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. He's a shepherd. He guides. He leads. The thought of me, like I said this in the first service, it's like we, we, think, we, get, we get into this Disney mentality of like, I can make my own destiny. My life is in my own hands, right? This is, it's, it's, it's a bunch of false baloney. And if my life is in my own hands, that's a scary thought. God says, I'll, I'll be your shepherd. I will guide you and provide for you. I think his perspective is a little better on life than ours, and he understands things a lot better. So those are reasons to rejoice. And he continues with this chorus. He repeats verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. He's sure of this. God will bless us. But then he returns to this at the end. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. To fear God is to know him, to walk in his ways. It's the beginning of wisdom. So the third point. So, so we said first, we are blessed to be a blessing. And the third point, what did I say? It, it, this should be a basic yearning of our redeemed heart. This should be a basic, what is a yearning? When I think of yearning, I think it's like, there's a burning within my heart for something. And I'm just like, I am willing to sacrifice. I'm pushing stuff out of my schedule to do this thing. That's yearning. And he's saying, you know, when this is his prayer, right? So n- notice the psalmist is, is saying, I, I mean, you, you can tell a lot about a person by how they pray or what they pray for, right? You can tell a lot about yourself. What are you praying for? What is, you can see what's important to you, what's important to somebody else. What is the, what is a driving factor in your life? Jesus said to his disciples when he was teaching them how to pray, pray like this. Our Father, it's all God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your name be holy and revered. You are our Father. You are in heaven. You are sovereign God. You are everything. You are our Father. There's so much there. May your kingdom come. Let the gospel go forth. May your will be done around me, in my life, through my life. Give us all, it's still God word. Give us what I need. Give us what we need, our daily bread. You forgive us our sins. You provide for us. You protect us from evil. Help us to forgive others. It's all him. It's all God. Priority in prayer. And his priority right here in prayer, the deep desire, longing, the exclamation point of his heart is that other people would come to know salvation, joy, blessing, singing, gladness, dancing in God, Jehovah, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. So the point is, it's one thing to say we are blessed to be a blessing. Oh, that sounds so poetic and good. It's another thing to go get involved in that, right? He's involving himself actively. What is, by How? He's praying. This is a priority in his life. It's not a side job. It's not just an addition. 
And so for us, being a blessing means getting involved in this, in being a blessing through prayer, through giving, through witnessing, through acting and doing good for others as a testimony of God's goodness, through which we can say, dude, if you want more goodness, Jesus Christ can offer it to you eternally. All you need to do is turn to him. And so I think that sometimes we can pray this sort of prayer, God, would you bless, would you be gracious to us, bless us, make your face shine upon us? And we just stop there. We just think, I just, I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed too, by the way. I like being blessed. But we can become selfish and hold it to ourselves. And that is not the point of God's blessing. That is not the end, the end goal of God's blessing in our lives and of our salvation in Jesus Christ. And um, I was listening to something recently and, and this, this guy said, this pastor was talking about happiness. Right? So happiness is something that we, who doesn't want happiness? Raise your hand. Okay. Nobody's masochistic. So, we all want happiness, but the, this might sound funny. This is such a bad picture, but the, it's, it's like, it's like, a, like the way Jesus talks about happiness is he says, seek first my kingdom and all, and all, and all God's righteousness. And then all these other things will be added unto you. So in Jesus's mind, right? Um, it the, the picture I have in my head is like, happiness is like a banana. Okay. If you've ever, like my little daughter, Lily, she does not understand the concept of like, if you grab a banana too hard, it'll bruise and you'll just ruin it. If you throw, like this one time I had a banana and I left it in my backpack on on accident and like get smushed by books and then it's nasty, it's ruined, right? So it's like, if all I want is the banana, I will grab it and squeeze it and it'll, it'll die. It'll get ruined. But Jesus says, you come seek my kingdom, those things come with it. But you can't let that be the focus. It just happens. He gives you the banana, right? And you're like, ooh, this is sweet. This is good. It's a good banana. And I don't misunderstand me when I say this. I, I do not, like, people have problems, bigger problems than I have. Right? Like people suffer, if any, I don't know if any of you are suffering with like health issues, real financial issues, real, like real tragedy happens in this life, okay? But I think sometimes God comes to us and he says, you need to get over your problems a little bit and stop focusing on just your own blessing. Because you know, you know what Paul said, Jesus said? said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And he's not just talking about money. He's not just talking about money. Sometimes it's the easiest thing to just hand somebody 20 bucks or something, right? It's not helper to, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to take that guy to the store, buy him some bread and help him get back on his feet. Um, and I think that sometimes we can say, but you don't know, you don't understand. I have problems. I have issues. And I'm like, yeah, you, you, you might have real problems and issues, but God has blessed you in Christ to go be a blessing. 
Sometimes the best thing that we can do for ourselves is get our eyes off of ourselves. And that actually does a lot of healing. And God said it would. It's, it's biblical. So, some final thoughts. Three, three questions that go along with these three points. First thing, do you realize how blessed you are in Jesus Christ? You need to understand that. Pray that God would reveal more of that to you. Go home and just sit in Romans 8 for a week. See what God does to your heart. When you realize you're blessed, it, there's no condemnation. That changes everything. But the second thing is, do you realize that God expects you to share that blessing? That is a fundamental part of you following Jesus Christ. It should be. And three, what are you doing about that? Do not leave here today and say, good word. I don't know if it was good, but it's good for me. And just don't leave here today and say, yeah, bless the bless. But then not do anything about it. That's to look in the mirror of God's word and walk away unchanged. It's to look in the mirror, see a pimple on your face, a big fat honking pimple right in the middle of your face, and to not do anything about it. Just go out. You don't, you don't do that. So the reality is, and I'll finish with this, uh, it's one thing for the psalmist to say, God, would you save all peoples? I, I want that. But it's another thing completely, and it adds so much depth and weight to this, that God is the one who wants this more than we do, more than the psalmist does. He is the initiator of this saving movement among mankind. He desires to bless. He desires to save. He desires to redeem. It's his choice. That's what he's doing. Acts of the apostles is not about the apostles. It's about God's movement and what God did. Church is his idea. It's his initiation. And when we realize that this the saving work that happens when somebody believes in Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is the greatest hope and the center of what God is doing in the world, we really have to ask ourselves and take inventory and say, well, what else would be worthy of giving my life, resources, energy, and prayers for? Like, is there something more worthy than God and his kingdom and the advancement of his kingdom that is more worthy of my life than that? And you can do that, by the way, like not being a missionary. You can do that work in construction, whatever you do. You can be a light and have that be the priority of your life. You can use the resources that God gives you. You can do what God wants you to do right where you're at. But maybe some, some of you guys, God wants to say, why don't you go overseas? Be globally concerned. What else could make me and others eternally joyful? I think it's a good way for us to end today. What else could make me and others eternally joyful? So praise be to God that we are blessed and we have the privilege of sharing that blessing with other people. Amen? Okay, let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessings. And we praise your name. Um, would you... Be gracious to us and bless us and make your face to shine upon us that your saving ways may be known 
among all peoples, God. Let the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. Amen. Thanks, Ben. Let's give Ben a hand. Thanks for sharing the word with us, brother. I want to remind you guys, Grant threw a little thing together for us. Your main takeaway today, what is it? Don't squeeze the banana. It's a banana. You don't squeeze bananas. You enjoy them. Bananas are good. But what? But on a, on a serious note, what, what kind of word is that? That is such a good word. You are blessed to be a blessing. Each and every single one of you guys are blessed. I know it. Even if you're going through a difficulty or whatever you're dealing with, you are blessed. And how hard does it take a little bit of the blessing that you've received from God and to give it to somebody else? Amen? Amen. Let's pray again for Ben and Emily. A reminder before we sing this last worship song, hang out with us. Come talk to Ben and Emily. Grab a a thing for your refrigerator. Pray for them. Pray for the work in Croatia. Pray for people to come to know the saving power of Jesus Christ. And hang out with us and have some uh, great barbecue stuff. Charles is doing a great job back there. I checked on him. All right, let's pray. Father God, we, we are in awe of our blessedness. We don't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. But you gave your love away to us. And Father, we just, we thank you for for thinking about us. We thank you for pursuing us. And we thank you that that you love us so passionately that, that you daily, another psalm says, load us with blessings. Plant that word in our hearts. Allow it to produce fruit this week for us to take and give to others. Father, we pray. We love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.